everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. We're back! You know what I almost forgot to do? What'd you forget, Steve? I almost forgot to record. Oh, shoot, me... I wasn't recording either. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fine. I'll just cut in the audio from this YouTube thing from the intro. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're doing it live again because uh, the whole world is sick or could yeah. be sick. I don't know. It's 2020. Stuff is crazy. If you're listening to this in the uh, in the 12 Monkeys future trying to figure out what happened, uh, this is the clue right here. We're going to put it all together for you. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> Ready to talk about the first ad, Steve? Yeah, this first ad was sent by... My wife! Dander Noodler. Oh, no, that's what it's called. Dander I meant Noodler. to put it's Danger Noodle. Danger Noodle? <laughs> Good grief, man. <laughs> Sorry. Did I really boof it up that bad? I did. It says Dander Noodler. I've been doing a lot of typing while holding my two-year-old, so... Yes, one-handed typing yields some interesting results. Uh, what do you think of this, Steve? I love hate it. Oh shoot! Um, this is I just got super chatted twenty bucks, and I put a ticker down there saying that twenty dollars makes me do a tequila shot. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, I or... don't know why you uh, why you opted for that, but I guess you don't have to go to work. Um, well, I get to stay home and do work, but I still have to do something. Well, I mean, I know, but I mean, like. All right, I feel like I gotta get, be back on screen Try to do to... this. All right, thanks. Get offset. Officially, mm. the dumbest twenty dollars I've ever spent. No, <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> All right, a reason to uh, join the live version of this podcast, listeners, is yeah. I'm doing shots. Uh, <laughs> all right, I am only interested in electric guitar trades right now. This is not your cheap Korean or China Square guitar. Do some research on the quality and prices on a nice condition E-Series with System 1 trems. The tremolo alone is worth $100. Also, consider the custom finish. You won't find another one like it. I don't have to part with it. Just seeing it, just seeing what may be out there. Thanks for looking. You are looking at a custom-painted snakeskin, not a cheap decal, made in Japan, 1987, Fender, Squire Stratocaster E-Series, Serial, blah, 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 System 1 Tremolo. This was Fender's only attempt to compete with Floyd Rose-like bridge design. That's not true. Uh, these are collectible guitars. Neck is straight. Fender Japan logo sealed tuners. All the bridge fine tuners and locking nut pieces are original. Guitar sounds and plays great with low action and killer tones. This is a good one. Easy to feel the quality that are making these guitars more desirable every year. These guitars, in my opinion, are much better quality than the Fender Mexican-made Strats being manufactured today when Fujigen, Fuji Gen Gaki Japan got the contract to manufacture these squire, squires in the early 80s. Fender shipped them overstock neck and bodies that have been sitting in the warehouse for years to use for these guitars. I don't know if that's accurate either. <laughs> uh, you can tell the quality, which is why these guitars are highly sought after and getting harder to find. I am only interested in electric guitar trades right now, so this is not for sale. This is only for trade. This finish is snakeskin. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Danger noodle. <laughs> and it's only on the it's on the front. Actually, the way it's not on the back, I think, kind of makes it more interesting. You think that's more interesting? I think that's ugly the way it terminates along the sides. 
You can tell this is hydro dipped. It's like that printed hydro dip. I haven't. I've never seen this before. You remember when so. they when Cower did the uh, the pink leopard hydro dip? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have these inkjet printers that go over the water and and print a pattern, and then you can dip things through the pattern. I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that's what happened here. So it's someone printed a pattern, and then they dipped just the front of the guitar in that pattern. Which I, they should have just printed it again and and done it on the back to match it. Done on the back, yeah. Well, or yeah, do it again on the back, and then do like. A uh, a burst around the edge, like a black burst. That would look really attractive. Not really attractive. Maybe it would look more attractive than this looks right now. Right. <laughs> Here's what I want to know. Did they do this with the pit guard on? I, I guess bet they did. Or did they do the pit guard separately? I'm trying um, to tell. It looks like it flows. Yeah, I'm betting they did it with it on because it does flow over the edges. So does that mean underneath the pit guard, it's just like whatever the color of the back yeah, is? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would have preferred this with a contrasting pit guard. I'll say that right now. Just because I prefer For some that. reason, I didn't know the Squire version of these only had 21 frets either. That's interesting mm. to me. This is the bridge you've been um, looking for, isn't it? This is the bridge. So, I again, I, you know, actually, I pulled this guitar out last week in the After Hours uh, segment. And um, I have basically the Fender version of this, but without any of the original hardware. You mean you pulled out your uh, your version of this guitar in the after hours? Yeah, you yeah. didn't pull out the snakeskin guitar. No, I didn't pull out snakeskin guitar. I pulled out a Fender uh, Contemporary Standard Stratocaster. Mm -hmm. um, mine does not have a System 1 bridge. It has the holes for the posts. Right. Someone uh, um, put a, a regular bridge on there as an aftermarket yeah. modification. Yeah, and then I think in I, in one of the photos you can see the the locking string tree. Yeah, uh, I don't have that either. And those are the two pieces you need. You know what else you're missing, and Steve? You you're missing that custom snake little thing there in the oh, middle. Oh yeah, I also don't you have that. Need well, that. mine's a Fender. Yeah, none of this, none of this Squire garbage. <laughs> Yours isn't custom. It's not a custom snake guitar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is um I don't I don't even know what you would want in a trade for this. I would guess that this is like a $300 guitar or something sure. like that. But this guy because of he's so hyped on the finish, he probably wants way more. Yeah, he thinks it's an an upsell just for the finish, yeah. which is uh ridiculous. I mean, maybe if you're in a some kind of white snake cover band or you know some kind of 80s if this is like fits uh, your look, then you are going to do whatever it takes to get this. But there's probably like one guy in every city that looks at this and is like, yeah, finally, that's my look. And it's the, you know, your local oh Joe gosh. Exotics, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. You can't even search for these stupid things on eBay anymore because Fender, now that they have the new Squire Contemporary series, it's like really uh, hard to find the old yeah. ones. I'm supposed to give away my Squire Contemporary. Oh, yeah. To, when are you uh, going to do that? Probably early next week. Uh, the deadline is the 15th, which is Saturday. And then uh, I'll, I'll figure out who the winner is and give it away next week. Send it out. Mail it. Uh, I've been I tried to add vintage to my search, and it did not help. <laughs> Even though that is technically correct, because these were made from 1984-ish to 1987. There's some good comments here. Bent Tom wants to know how many snakeskins for it. 
Jesse's Rat Rods asked, Hill said if Axl Rose was a guitar. <laughs> oh, here's a, here's a good one. Where did it go? Uh, uh, Kevin Hernandez, have the tip on the trim bar have a rattle. That's a good idea. There you go. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, and so that's the thing that's also not in here is I, I'm pretty sure that it's not a standard trim, so you need that. Um, it does have the collar. <laughs> so do the strings rattle on this guitar? That's a good joke. <laughs> your wife just chimed in. I don't know if I should dox her. I mean, she's got your last name. And she said, I had a shirt like this in the late 90s. We all kind of did, I think. Yeah, my last name is well known. Um, and I appreciate the other shows that when they talk about me that pronounce my last name correctly. It's wonderful. I always go back and forth. I get it wrong half the time because I second guess myself. It's just go. Just go. With it's Rao, right? It is Rao. Rao for wow. Row is wrong. That's Mike Row from Dirty Jobs. You're, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone wants to know if I'm related to that guy, and I'm like, I only do clean jobs. <laughs> if you ever meet that guy, you're going to debate him about college educations being important. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to introduce him. I'm going to introduce him to my dad, and they can just talk about trade schools. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, this is such a specific thing and he wants only trades. Like his verbiage was so clear and so like just defined in the ad. It's like, I only want trades. Don't dare talk to me unless you're ready to trade. Oh my gosh. This is going to kill me. Sean Wright's going to kill you tonight. $25 shot. That means I have to fill it up a little bit extra. All right, guys. Man, I feel, I feel like I'm drinking the wrong thing tonight. Tequila vision. I'm not going to make it to the after show. <laughs> that little extra there, that's that, that five bucks. Thanks, Sean Wright. Sean Wright is uh, the man behind Lollygagger Effects. Yeah. The Cherry Box and the uh, Canalia. Thanks, Sean. Ryan, Ryan calls it. The, <laughs> how do you pronounce it, Ryan? Uh, the Canalinga or something like that. <laughs> All right. What you got new, man? Oh, man. New. New stuff. Mm. Did you see this thing? I did oh see. Oh my thing. gosh! This uh, this I think it's it, a ESP or a, was it LTD F100? I think it's a Glary. It's not branded. Grant Wilson sent this to me from Big Ear Pedals. I yeah. think it's a joke. I think it's like a ha ha ha. Have fun with this. Look at that thing! Ridiculous. I I have an unboxing video up of it. Um, do you have your metal zone still? Yeah, I got my metal zone. Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect pedal for your, for that guitar. It actually, it doesn't play metal at all. For a long time, I've wanted to get, uh, like a BC rich, like a cheap BC rich and surf it off, like paint it sea foam and give it, uh, lipsticks and stuff like that. Um, this does not play the way even a cheap BC rich does. It's, uh, got pretty high action. The neck on it is mm. uh, is not finished. It's like raw wood. Oh, weird. yeah. It's it's even got little splinters here and there <laughs> sticking out of it. This was a sixty dollar guitar off of eBay that he sent to me. You don't think it's a? You can adjust it to? I think I could spend time getting it dialed in better, but. Did I see anything on my teeth? It's not fun as it is now. So I don't know how much work I actually want to put into it. And it's not like it's like my look or anything. 
I think I'm going to try, I mean, we were just talking about it. I think I'm going to try the spray paint hydro dip thing that I've been seeing people do online. And people ah. were suggesting I do it to my strat. Um, and I'm not going to do it to my strat, uh, but I think it might be good content. And there's actually already someone uh, who was watching the premiere of the unboxing of this who is, who is, who's local. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, if you don't want that, I'll take it and I'll fix it up. And I'm like, well, you're the first person to ask. So when I'm done with it, you get it. So uh, beggars... Or you ask and you shall receive sort of thing? Yeah, <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, we were talking about you going crazy with the um, Jaguar. Jaguar. Jazzmaster. Jaguar. Jag Jaguar. Jaguar. Uh, the Squire and like... Oh, you, you know, mean the oh, Jazzmaster. Is it the Jazzmaster? I get. I forget which one's which. Jazzmaster. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my vintage and, modified. You know, all all of these crate. You know, three hundred dollar guitar that you're gonna dump like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars in upgrades on. Yeah. Um, and so with the with that Glary or whatever it is, if you just take that thing to Sean down at Pitbull, and and be like, hey man, oh my gosh. can you uh, can you set this thing up? You're gonna pay more for the setup than what Grant paid for the oh, guitar. Oh, easily. Easily, like, it needs a new nut. The nut is hanging off the edge like a good like eighth of an inch. <laughs> like it is like hilariously sticking off the side. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a good idea uh, for that guitar. Though I guess you know, like you said, you already have somebody in line for mm -hmm. it. But uh, if you get anime girls all over it, then you know you make it super awkward to look at. But you also uh, make it super valuable to Brian Gallup from the Tone Jerks. <laughs> yeah, then he has to buy it. And that was a comment yeah. by Robot Master Switch. Oh, man. Uh, anything new with you, Steve? Well, I can see your what's new hanging yeah, out behind you. Can you can see it. Uh, I know about your you, what's uh, new. dropped off a box with some things I need to ship out and, uh, and a couple string swings. So I got those on my wall. So everyone who's watching this can shut up about my freaking wall. Okay, get off my back. I'm not going to make it to the end of the episode, dude. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, talk about asking you shall receive. I've got a ticker going on in the bottom of the video window saying that I'll take shots for twenty bucks. Here goes number three. This is a thirty dollars shot. Holy hell, guys! How do you do a thirty? <sighs> Tequila vision here. Cheers. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> I think Robert, are you the guy who I'm going to give the glary to? I think I think I recognize your name. You just bought half a glare right there. And that's you. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to chicken out sooner than I realized. Yeah, I think uh yeah, I don't know how much further you wanna go, but you know where we need to go. Um Oh, to the sponsorships. Let me get Yep, this week's sponsor is uh Chase Bliss. Chase Bliss. Oh, I knew that. I have it written down. I don't know why I looked away like uh uh, this speaker sponsors Chase Plus Audio, makers of fine quality pedals with a digital brain and an analog heart, except for the dark world that has a digital brain and a digital heart. <laughs> it's all robot. Mm -hmm. Pure robot. Mm. That wasn't. I'm gonna work this you one can't slow. sip it. It's a shot. I'm working it, it slow. Says you will take a shot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, Chase Bliss, uh, they make all kinds of pedals, everything except the flange. Um,. So go check them out. They everything has dip switches. They're super versatile, but at their core, they have a really uh, just straightforward, excellent sounding pedal. Everything's a wah. Everything's a wah. Everything's a chorus. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to take the ticker down. 
Give me a minute. <laughs> Let's can we finish this? <laughs> Let's finish this sponsorship. Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are. <laughs> Have you dropped the blooper video? Of course, I dropped the blooper video. The blooper's awesome. Actually, used the blooper. Uh, I went and shot some travel content. I went down to Pitbull Audio uh, while it was on. Well, it still is on shutdown. There was no one there, and I had it on my board. And I was using it to make loops, and I recorded. 10 videos with 30-something guitars in a full day. So I'll be publishing that content at some point, and the bloopers all all over it. All right, this is going to be my last shot. <sighs> Thanks, more guitar always. This is going to be my last shot until I put the... If, if I'm feeling up to it, I'll put the ticker back up. But for now, I'm chickening out with this being the last one. My fourth, fourth shot in 16 minutes. So anyways... If it was a, if it was Friday, even though you know you work from home, if it was Friday, I might I might push you. I might oh also God. try to jump oh in, but because it's not Friday, uh, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, big thanks, big thanks to Chase Bliss Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are. They've been a longtime sponsor of this show. Um, stop spending money on getting me drunk and go buy a Chase Bliss pedal. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, this topic was sent in by I'm not sure who. You tell me. Oh right? my goodness! Uh, my my other window is open. Uh, we're doing uh, the podcast fails by Rob Frick. Rob Frick. He wants to hear some podcast fails. Uh, right now, this episode is trending towards the the great podcast fail. That's not a shot, Ryan. Oh, That's a sip. I got a belly full of dinner still. I'm worried. Uh. All right. <laughs> That's what I get. I should have been doing this with the uh, the deer tequila. It's a little bit smoother than this Jose stuff. Someone dropped off this bottle at our house because they weren't going to use it. I'm like, do you guys like tequila? Yeah, I like tequila. Of course. Leave that here. Ooh, man. It's a little rougher. So anyways. I wish someone would drop a bottle of tequila off at my house. Podcast fails. Uh, I've been begging for y'all to talk about some podcast fails. Embarrassing moments. Uh, greatest moments, stuff like that. What do you think, Steve? Like, what's what's your greatest moment for the podcast? My greatest moment is this moment right now. <laughs> Steve lives in the moment, and here we are. <laughs> um, actually, so this is funny. Um, I better laugh because 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 you do all the video stuff, and so all the time in the Facebook group, when people join the Facebook group. Um, there's a little questionnaire and it's always like, how did you find us and who's your favorite host? And most people don't watch the podcast episodes or when they do, they're like, who's that guy? I just want to see more oh Ryan. Gosh, they just want uh, all so, of um, Mikey, who, uh, we, uh, played a song last week. He hit me up and he goes, dude, like you're my favorite podcast. Damn, host. Got a Steve and he's thing. like, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening to the show right now and I'm chatting with you on Facebook this is crazy. I was like, oh, that's that's super cool. Like, that's really great. Um, other podcast fails was uh, the, the, I'll say, the Nam drinking drinking contest a couple years ago. Because uh, apparently Joe Branton drank a liter of rum or something the night before. So that just was a failure to launch uh, completely. But, uh, um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like anytime we get an email out of the blue um, from someone in the industry that we know um, as a brand, but we don't necessarily 
like have contact with <laughs> um that, <laughs> that uh I, I always think that's really uh really cool i just put it i figured out how to use the ticker steve and i are laughing because i just put up a ticker that says super chat one dollar if you are a true steve fan lol instead of using the link i should be i should also log in on see if i can log in on my end and we're both logged in at the same time should put a venmo link up for you or something oh my gosh there we go hey guys welcome to 2020 send me money (laughs) what about you man what do you have for podcast fails or well i think well, the greatest you moment. didn't do fails. You just covered a greatest moment, right? Like, did you talk about a fail? No. So uh, we're doing greatest moments first. Like I, every time, I mean, my, that bass demo I did at the last NAM was a combo fail. Greatest <laughs> it was moment. a pretty great moment. Uh, and a, a pretty big fail for like great moments for me have, have always been like what you were talking about, like connecting with people who are fans who are uh, very excited about the show, who uh, are very invested in, you know, the actual content that we make. Um, yeah. And, like just the, every time someone joins uh, our Patreon or inner circle or whatever, or does anything extra to interact with us, I'm like, man, I can't believe that, that people do this. Like we, I set the Patreon level max at $10 because I was like, there's right. no one should ever spend more on us than they do on like a Netflix subscription. Like that's stupid. <laughs> and then you went and make the made the twenty five dollar. I thought it was a lot of money talk this episode. This is uh, getting obnoxious. <laughs> but uh, just that interaction of people investing in what we're doing just it completely humbles me and flatters me. Also, just all the moments when you know I've got to meet people that I never thought I'd get to meet. Like at our hundredth episode, we had Bob Taylor there hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blake and I got to go interview Paul Reed Smith, you know, all the other like awesome YouTubers I've got to meet and stuff. That isn't a lot of that stuff. Isn't necessarily pods podcast specific. Like it's YouTube adjacent, but I mean, starting the podcast is what led us here. What led me here. Um, you know what a pod, I would I would call a maybe not a podcast fail but a sixty cycle hum fail for you, uh, though I think in the long run you turned it into a great thing was last year's winter nam schedule. <laughs> oh my gosh! You mean two thousand eighteen winter nam? Yeah, the two thousand eighteen winter nam. Yeah, uh, where you basically didn't get to do nam because you worked the entire time yeah that was like, a bit of a fail all for day me. every day um yeah I, I did that thing where i signed up to work a booth for the de- for delhi uh for uh the stomp box exhibit booth yeah and, and what the deli does is uh the pet was it the deli stomp box what is it yeah, called? The, i get the email the, the the magazine is is called deli and then the exhibit yeah. and then what they do is called the stomp box exhibit um, and it's actually really cool. It's a really cool setup where they get a NAM booth and then they split it between like a dozen small pedal builders. Oh, it's it's more than that. It's, a it's lot. like they get it's like a dozen builders per booth, and they get like two booths yeah, two or, or three, three tables. Booths. And then they also do like events across the country and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. But then they had me come and just film like sixty something videos. And because we published them all in like a week, it burned people out and actually hurt the channel like quite a bit. It hurt YouTube. 
uh, kind of way it recommends videos to people and stuff. And actually dug a pretty big hole that it took a long time to get out of. Um, and also a lot of those videos people just didn't watch because they were just burned out on Nam content. So that was a mistake um, on my yeah. part. I learned a lot from it though, and it led into um, it led into a lot of like the, how I run things during travel content and stuff like yeah. that. So I mean, you, you, you've always got to kind of fail up. I think Aaron was talking about that on today's episode of the Gear Slim podcast. Another podcast you guys should go listen to. Um, but yeah, failing up or failing in the right direction is you know kind of the story of my life with this stuff. Other than that, I mean, I think the biggest fail of the podcast is that it took us so long to get into video, and there was you know technical issues with that. Just like it's a it's right. a big jump time-wise for editing and things like that. Um, but <laughs> our, our podcast is actually so dependent on people being able to see what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> and it's just so stupid yeah. that it took us so long to get it to YouTube. And also now a fail well, that has taken us so long to get to. It took a it took a global pandemic to get to us dicking around with live stuff. But here we yeah, are. Yeah, because we've talked about this before. And, like, you know, we've talked about – and this is now totally set up for – Hopefully, whenever things, you know, when things normalize and we go back to normal face-to-face -face stuff. But, you know, if something big happens, because we've talked about this before, um, you know, when when Gibson destroys guitars right. or when, you know, freaking all, all these different things happen. We like, can jump on the news cycle. We could have just jumped on yeah. and done a, do a, like a 15-minute mini episode like or this. Or freaking three-hour hangout, you know, Steve yeah. see from Boston yeah. style. It's actually super easy to invite people to join these things, too. Yeah, uh, Sean Wright just said, why edit when you can just go live? Yeah, uh, even though it's kind of a little bit of a quality drop uh, to do these things versus filming it and editing it, it's saving me four hours on a Friday that I don't have to edit. Wow. Yeah. Because so, now you're just doing the audio, right? Yeah, just, now I just have to slam the audio together, which is a lot easier. It's just like old times. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to in engage with the commenters now. I think that's fun. I spent a lot of time building up people who jump into live videos with the premiere function. So it's, yeah. it's probably just it, – it's easy to be like, oh, should have done this all sooner. But then also we've – you know, it takes time to build up to what we're doing now, I suppose. Like if we had started this at the beginning, there would have been no one here watching with us. Yeah, that's yeah, true. The technology probably didn't uh, exist either six years ago. You know, Ryan, uh, what could be a fail mm -hmm. is we just got a message on Instagram from Shawniger's Mead, completely free, up to 30,000 followers and 5,000 likes to all your posts. For details, go to our main page at Insta Promoter. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> it, yeah, there's. <laughs> There's, you know, we, we used to joke for a long time that you literally can't buy numbers as low as our channel gets. <laughs> and like we're, what we do is so niche on here that it's still kind of that way. We've got 52,000 subscribers and it's like you go and buy subscribership and it's like you're buying them a thousand, 10,000, 50,000 yeah. at a time. Like these obscene, obscure numbers that make sense for like general like entertainment channels that are trying to fake looking like they're popular for some reason. But yeah, six years of doing this and it 
you know, 50,000 subs is all very organic and very yeah. but you know, for it, every it's, single it's one. Good. And it, <laughs> it's been good and it's been growing. And um, yeah, I would agree. Like, I think the the length and, and for what it's worth, like a lot of I don't know how long StreamYard has been around. Yeah, me either. Um, but a lot for a while, you know, when we were talking about doing live streaming stuff, it, it was definitely um, a bit more daunting. Um, and, you know, when um, it uh, and, it, you know, when this whole shutdown and, and limiting and whatever happened, like everything got pushed mm. to some kind of live stream format. So it just kind of been was like, well, you know, are we going to do we want to use Zoom or do we want to use this? And you had done this. The StreamYard thing with Ben Coombs, yeah, uh, the Ben Coombs YouTube. I mean, channel. we're here so right now because some... of Ben. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this setup seems really cool. What is this?" And I went and checked it out. <laughs> I've been drinking with my right hand, but I'm going to dr- switch to my left oh, hand. Oh, smooth move, Steve. I like your style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Can you think of anything else? Um, I mean, successes and failures. I don't know. I mean, we've I, done I so, awk- so much content over the years now. I would say what's uh oh remember when we interviewed <laughs> Mason from oh, Vertex Mason from Ver- accidentally oh, and remember when uh you agreed to cover those freaking cables from oh, Audio Envy those were mistakes I don't why well, I, <laughs> I think the I think the Audio Envy was a mistake on the back end for us the mistake but, was you signing but a, things but a, and agreeing to things but i think uh i think you should have the, just bought the, the cables like a normal person yeah the fail was on the front end the but that was also i think one of our highlights because that is a oh classic what, for a couple for a couple years that was a a one of our most famous episodes classic bit when someone was threatening to sue us every other day unless we um, edited our say, podcast uh, the vertex thing, people—I don't don't want to say people still talk about that. I think on people have chilled out the, about vertex a bit. Like people the don't gear page, care but, so much um, Every once in a while, I will see us mentioned on the gear page, and you know, someone will be like, "But they did a vertex thing." <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah, we interviewed a guy who was in the booth next to us at an outdoor event, yeah. and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're yeah. that guy that we've been hearing about." <laughs> But apparently, I mean, Vertex seems like they're doing good business. No one's complained about anything they've done in reality in years since then. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's know. kind of like a, if a YouTube channel buys their first fifty thousand subs, but then they get everything else after that legitimately. Here's what we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna <laughs> legitimately work up to Phil McKnight status, like four hundred thousand subs, five hundred thousand subs, something like that, a million subs, and then we're just gonna buy a billion subs. <laughs> We will earn our first million, and then we will buy our second Just million. Just to be stupid. <laughs> what we what we'll do is uh, we will um get up to like a million subs, and then we'll become a toy review channel. Now, there's already too many of those. What's something terrible that we can? Re- we'll become a book review. I channel. thought about we'll doing a Ryan's toy review spoof. Be Ryan's pedal review. And theme it all the same. Have you watched Ryan's story review? Have any of you guys read this book? Blast from the Past? No. Yeah, me neither. But I I, did I, see, I don't even think I've seen the movie. I watched Back to the Future 3 last night. <laughs> 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 oh, 
hey, Gabor's here. Hey, Gabor. <laughs> Gabor's been here for a while. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I haven't been paying attention. Um, uh, so, yeah, quick note on Back to the Future 3. Uh, Marty McFly's great-grandma looks just like his mom. So a McFly woman looks just like his mom. It doesn't make sense genetically, guys. Think about it. So anyway, should we get to the next ad? Yeah, I was going to say, and were you drunk earlier today too? No, because no. this ad is called Brass Yamaha. It was sent by Daniel Esporma. Oh, um, you're looking at, you're looking at the Google Drive. I fixed it for what's on screen. Oh, okay, good. Uh, on the Google Drive, it says Brass Yamaha. Here it says Brass Ibanez. Sent by Daniel Esporma. Welcome to All Music Inc.'s Music Dungeon. You are looking at an insanely cool piece. This is the vintage 79, one-of-a-kind, solid brass. Ibanez. Are, oh, good grief. They're not kidding. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's full scale, brass. 1 and 11 16th inch nut width, 76 pounds. Uh, this guitar was created to be the centerpiece for the 79 Chicago NAMM show. This is the same guitar featured in Ibanez, the untold story. The only brass artist in the world, more likely, uh, more than likely the only brass guitar in the world. As much of a collector piece as this is, it is a playable guitar featuring an ebony board, flying fingers, humbuckers, and three and an active three-band equalizer. This has those incredible vintage artist tones built in. This artist is in excellent condition with some patina on the brass to be expected. Oh. The frets are clean, just professionally set up with the action. I don't really care about these numbers. No. Uh, this is the ultimate piece for an Ibanez or general guitar collector. This is your chance. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. Please feel free to make a serious offer. We've been an, author an authorized Ibanez dealer for well over a decade. Don't pass this by. This is uh, being sold by, again, All Music Inc.'s Music Dungeon in Plainview, New York for $20,000 oh, after a 21% price drop. This is one guitar where you can't hang it on the wall because it will little, literally like rip the stud out of the wall. <laughs> right. So it'll it'll pull the neck apart because it can't hold itself up by the neck. I put a, I put, oh, is the neck brass? That's oh, yeah, the neck know. is brass. Um, so I put up the string swings here. Speaking of, of pulling them out of the wall, and one of them, on one of them, at least one screw is definitely in a stud. I use my stud finder, but it, you know, stud finder is just going to tell you where the screw is. At least, yeah, so, at least you got one screw in the stud. So that's good. The other one, I'm not sure if it's actually in anything at all, uh, but I tugged on it pr decently hard and it you'll, seemed okay. You'll so find I'm out gonna have to monitor. about three o'clock in the morning one day. I know, right? <laughs> It'll fall off the wall, leave <laughs> a two inch wide hole in your drywall. Well, you know, be like, your wife will be like, did you invite your friend Kyle over? It's a Kyle, it's a Kyle <laughs> joke. Because Kyle's slam monster energy drink and punch holes and drywall. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, here's what I want to know about this guitar. Are you going to go, um, What's that? Can you can you get a picture of the back? You got a picture of the yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Where are the strap pegs? How am I supposed to play this Dude, it's pegs? 76 pounds. You're not yeah. going to hang this around your Dude, neck. You would go I to the hospital. Jacked. You're not that jacked. I'm not jacked You need all. to get one of those, like, like... One of those five belt jet strap in straps that goes oh all the God. way around your body and all the way around your back to wear this thing. Yeah, there's not a freaking strap button because there's no freaking way you're going to wear it. It's like holding a bag of cement around your neck, Steve. 
Like a bag yeah. of cement is like 90 pounds. This is just a few pounds shy of that in reality. And like when I pick up a bag of cement from Home Depot, and it's like, oh, God damn, oh, damn yeah, it. Oh, I, this I, is I, so I bought, heavy. I'm going to be on my back all day tomorrow. Like this thing is going to wreck bought, you. I bought my mom five bags of Quickcrete for Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mom. I was like, what do you want for I was like, what what do you want for Christmas? I asked my dad, I was like, what does mom want for Christmas? She's like, and he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, she wants quick crete. <laughs> well, she doesn't want someone to buy it because that stuff is cheap. It's like five bucks a bag or eight bucks a bag or whatever. She wanted someone to pick she it up. She wants and bring someone it to, the to house. move it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so did you wrap it in wrapping paper? I wrapped one of them, ah, but then I good man. like decided that I didn't want to bring it inside because once it got inside, I didn't want to take it back outside. Yeah, no kidding. And then <laughs> I just walked, once I just under walked the... inside. I was like, Merry Christmas. I've got 300 pounds of quickcrete in the back of my car. Where do you want it? Once it's under the tree, then you've got to lift it up and like, oh, you tell your kids, oh, go get grandma's gift. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, this thing, here's the, okay, if you get this. You put it on one of those. You put it on some kind of crazy mount so you can play it. You got to break this out, dude. You've got to make a, you're in a band scaffolding only, to hold this up. You only use this guitar for one song. You might be able to use this as a lap slide guitar, but still, your calves are no. your legs are going to be killing you at the end of it. <laughs> uh, what? What uh, song? What song? What cover band are you in? that you uh that you use this oh man i don't know <laughs> i have no idea is there a joke there that i'm not catching yeah the correct answer is bc boys brass oh monkey my gosh <laughs> i was you know i was actually trying to find like a title for this thing that referenced brass monkey but i couldn't connect it brass tuning key i don't know that's, that's stupid nope. um it's a brass guitar it's brass ibanez yeah yeah, Spin Spinal Tap would play this. Get Offset just commented that. But how would they hold it? Like the the joke would be that they would be collapsing under the weight of this thing. Nigel would the not. Rock, the Rock could play this guitar. <laughs> That's what you need. You need some sort of bodybuilder, and this is like their guitar that makes them look like they're flexing like crazy. Just the Jason Momoa is a guitar player. That's true. I thought he was bass boy. No, he's got like a Les Paul. He's a oh, Les Paul guy. Okay, then this is already right up his alley. Yeah, he's probably got yeah. the money. It's only like a little bit heavier than your typical Les Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's like only like three pounds. six pounds heavier maybe. But 20 yeah. grand, man. Man, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Is you think it's worth? What, I can't. What do you think it's worth in as as just scrap metal? Somebody posted early, earlier, actually, in the chat that it was uh, $70 <laughs> in scrap brass. So you're saying I could make one for myself. I've had $70 laying around. Uh, something I really, really like about this guitar, detail and I like. smelter. Is the, uh, is the, uh, the edge around it. That kind of, oh, the little, the kind that of little... carved edge instead of the binding yeah. there. I like that a lot. I want to see that that's on not something else. That's not a carved edge. It's actually, it's brass. Uh, it's a brass. Um, the joke's funnier when I remember what that's called. <laughs> yeah, the joke's funnier when you can actually make it, Steve. <laughs> but I think that's a really cool detail. I want to see that on a non 
brass guitar. You know, you could do this. You could do the same thing with aluminum. It doesn't have to be brass, right? How much would solid aluminum? Like, I mean, I guess way less aluminum guitars. Yeah, way less. Binding. Binding. That's what you were going for. But I love how like you look at this thing and you can actually, when you're just looking at the edges of it, you're like, holy hell, that is just a solid chunk of brass. Like you look at the edges of that headstock there and like, that's not wood that's painted. It's not gilded or anything like that. That's the way a chunk of metal looks. And that is a trip. Like if I saw this thing in person, I would definitely try to pick it up. Like that temptation is there for me for real. I love gold. <laughs> I love gold. If it was gold, it'd weigh a lot more than brass, right? This thing would probably be like 160 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. $20,000 though. I'd pay, I'd pay $20 to make a video with it. If I could rent it for well, the two hours. Is, it's tw- it's $20,000 and like you have to have some kind of connection here or be a huge Ibanez fan. I understand it's one of a kind, but at the end of the day, what's an artist like Sure. $2,000, $3,000? Now, if 4, this – Maybe 4000 If this was a Gibson, if this was a Les Paul, it would be 40 pounds heavier. <laughs> 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 but it would probably also be like $80,000. Just yeah, just because it's a Gibson, and, and, and like that's. I mean, twenty thousand dollars is what you pay for a regular Gibson, right? Almost. All right, right, okay, right. Oh man, I think I'm out of a brass joke. Because <laughs> you were something. You were just something, chock something full of balls. You were so chock full of brass jokes. The rest All of this of episode. Them. Yeah. Is this going to, somebody just asked if this is going to be on Trogly in a couple of weeks. It's going to be on Trogly's tonight or tomorrow. You know it. It's pr- it was probably on Trogly a month ago and we just didn't see it. <laughs> what do we got to do to get Trogly on here with us to talk with us about this stuff that we talked about? First, you have to become friends with Trogly and then you have to <sighs> be like, hey, man, come on the show. That sounds really hard, Steve. How do you become friends with someone? Do I have to send him like know. a gift basket or something? How did I yeah. become friends with you? Send, I don't even remember. Send him an affordable board. <laughs> how, did you, how did you become friends with me? <laughs> I don't remember how to make friends. What are you talking about? Is that where you just like start a band with When's someone it, and then it happens naturally? Been, how long has it been since you made a friend? Actually, that should have been my what's new tonight is I'm actually uh, playing live music Whoa. this weekend. I was actually invited to do a, uh, a recording session with my church's band yesterday, but it was going to be during bedtime for my kids. And I was like, man, I'd love to. And my wife is like, you should go. You should go do it. But it had been a... And you already drank half a bottle of tea. No, it had been a trash day with the kids. And so I was just like, no, it's too much. Even though I'd be fine with it. Like, I'd love to go play music with people in person. And stay six feet apart and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, it was just too much for my family in the moment. So I declined, which shows just how antisocial I am. <laughs> right. Um, so do you have anything to say about this ad before we wrap up? No, let's move on to the next topic, which is the Shags oh, philosophy of the world. Oh, my gosh. Let me pull up. I prepared this. There it is, the Shags. I have to prepare all this stuff ahead of time now. I have to make that little overlay. It's extra, extra work, guys. Did you make the little the little, uh, the little shadow drop yeah, there? Yeah, the little, the little letterbox shadow drop. 
to make it pop out um, a little bit. I I okay. So I, this is a this is a uh, classic album, I guess. It this is an album that like songs from this get like jokes suggested to me to cover all the time in videos. So they're like, oh, play the Shags. Oh, do this song next time you play a uh, pedal or whatever. Uh, play Foot Foot, my pal Foot Foot. And so I've, I've, I've listened got, to. I mean, I've listened to the Shags you're before. Always out of, is it because you're always out of tune in your videos? <laughs> it might be. Is that the? Uh, is, is that the joke? And I just didn't pick it up till now. <laughs> is it because? Uh, is it because you have no sense of time? Mm, uh, I did make a note that I'm not sure I'm good enough to be the drummer <laughs> for the Shags. <laughs> So, all right, let's get into this. Uh, first song is called Philosophy of the World. And I, my, right off the gate, I don't, okay, I intentionally, I've heard about the Shags for years. I've read about them in the past. Uh, I've read about them in the future. Wow. I know. I'm going to do uh, homework I later. I don't remember much about them. Um, so I, I, in the course of listening to this, I kept wanting to like, figure out what the hell am I listening to? It's music, what is the Steve. History here? It's music. Um, and I, I didn't want to know. I want to believe so many things about this. This is the, this is like an X-Files album for me. Uh, um, it is a creature feature for sure. <laughs> uh, and I said, so for the first song, philosophy of the world, it starts off. Actually, I would say there are tracks on this album that are, I don't know if listenable is the word Compelling I would Compelling might be the word. Um, the first track, I think, is like I said, these lyrics are sort of punk rock, but this is a joke, right? The guitar that's tracking the melody is actually pretty solid. It's just all out of time. And this is a recurring theme in the album that, like, the, the two guitars aren't ever in sync with the drums. But they're out of sync in a way that's like, perfectly out of sync i don't think there's anything well it's like crazy because it's like you i've listened to their songs a few times before listening okay. to re-listening to it today and once you get over the shock it's like anything you hear it a couple times and it becomes like familiar and so like listening to it today listening through all the songs again it is like because it's familiar to me now I can't even imagine recreating something like this. Like, how do you... Do you mean, like, because it's intentionally off or because it might be genius? Like, I want to know... Here's what I want to know. Did this band play the songs the same way every single time? Because if they right, played that it... that was a question. If they played it the question I have. same way every single time, then it's intentional. And then it drifts into being brilliant... Do you remember? But if it's uh, when, if they play it different every single time, then it's just run of the mill outsider art, uh, like sloppiness, like they don't know what they're doing, and just capturing a moment with uh, you know amateurs that turned out to be something that caught the attention of a lot of people over time. You know what this album made me think of? No, Al Trom Al Trombone for Christmas. Oh yeah, totally. The, so so Ryan and but that's I intentional. And, that thing is that's intentional. 
No, Al Trombone for Christmas wasn't intentional. Josh Dower had never played the trombone but, before. But, like, kind of the swagger of it. Guys, go look up All Trombone for Christmas. It's got to be hosted somewhere. It was on one of our Christmas Friends compilations that we did with our buddy Adam years and years and years, a decade ago. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Josh, um, had never played trombone before. I suggested, or did I or someone else, suggested uh, that he do a cover of All Come Home for Christmas, only he played trombone on it. And so it does not come up on the Google. He ran with it. And so he's singing over a karaoke track and just changing the words to all trombone for Christmas instead of all come home. And then without ever having played trombone in his life, tries to play a trombone solo. And yeah. weirdly, sounds like he's got a trombone career in his future because it's um, bad, but it's like he got way closer than you'd expect someone to. And that's kind it of on, so my wife says it's on Bandcamp. If you Google Al Trombone for Christmas Friends, it's like the second link. Um, Melissa, and, feel free to post the comments in the link and I'll put it up. And put the I link in the say, comments. Um, yeah, post the comments in the link. Um, Al Trombone for Christmas. Uh, Adam's dad, I remember having a conversation with him and he said, only a great trombone player could play the trombone that bad. But that's kind of how I feel about the Shags. It's like, it's so bad that you couldn't do this on accident. Like it right. almost and, feels and intentionally bad. So this is the pro I, on track two. that little sports car. I said, okay, so here's the problem. Well, this is just awful. It also just sounds like a bunch of bands from the mid late nineties in the rock scene and maybe the mid 2000 San Diego scene. Sure. And I don't sure. know if that's mean, but here's the deal. Like, it's like a, I would, <sighs> there's something charming about it. Okay, so there's something uh, hipsterish so and charming about it. A couple weeks ago, I lost 75% of our listenership by doing a Donald Trump impression. This week, we'll never another, we'll never financially recover from that. I'll lose another 75% of our listenership. The Shags, I feel like have a direct ancestral lineage to like Neutral Milk Hotel. I could, yeah, you could make that argument for sure. And famously, like Kurt Cobain was a huge fan of the Shags or claims right, right. to be. And, and and like I I I and I say that jokingly, but like I enjoy when I'm in the right headspace. I enjoy Neutral Milk Hotel and bands in that genre. Was it like Animal Collective? I forget who mm -hmm. else is in there. Um, I did not enjoy this album. I weirdly do enjoy it though. Like. There's something charming about it. Let me let me read through some of my notes here. Um, I said, so outsider it hurts. There are solid hooks here. There are. There's like parts of the songs where I'm like, I should learn to play this lick and just play it straight instead of this weird, like, uh, you know, off-tempo swagger they have. Yeah, and it would be yeah, a solid I hook. Um, it's toned up and out of time, but my question is, is it intentional? It feels like it's better than it should be if it was an accidental I'm sure it's right. been done, but I want to give some of these songs a nice polish as covers. There's something very sweet about it. Foot Foot is just the worst. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So my pal Foot Foot, I said, this is a this is the famous song. This is a song, like you said, that people always reference. <laughs> and But halfway through the song, I'm like, are are they even, like, where where are they from? This sounds like, um, like when you just put a bunch of English words in front of mm. someone who is who is familiar with like the Latin alphabet? Like, if you just wrote a bunch of English words down and then gave it to like 
a Danish farmer and said, read this. Well, here, here's my next note. It all sounds like aliens trying to write human music. That's, that, is, that is completely my pal foot foot. Hmm, human music. I like it. Uh, uh, this, and then my, my note after that is, this is proof of aliens. <laughs> and then I said, is it weird that I'm enjoying this? <laughs> and then I said, uh, the Halloween song is perfect. There's no way Tim Burton hasn't considered using it in a movie. The Halloween song I didn't think was terrible. I, what I said is, this starts out sounding like any middle school band. And it ends like any middle school band. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like, it's perfect because it is, it's, it's like trying to be like a monster mash, like classic Halloween song, but because it's so, it's like a creepy doll. The song is like a creepy yeah, doll. It's trying yeah. to be sweet and it's trying to be innocent, but because of the quality of the shags being off tempo, off key, uh, not familiar with their instruments, there's that quality that makes it frightening in a way. Like you put that in a horror movie and it's going to like get people on the edge of their seat. It just is. Once you go through your notes, I have a question for you. All right, I'm done. I don't need to read any more of them because I just kind of cover the same stuff. Okay. Ask me the question. Who do you want to hear cover this album and make it like mm. good, like act mm. make it not like fix everything. Mm. Imagine if you had access to the stems and you just like use quantization to align all of the instruments. No, I don't want that. I want I want to hear like a good musician tackle this and and use a lot of the same quality to the instrumentation, not like completely rework it, but tighten it and make right. it a modern song. Um We're philosophy of the world going back to the beginning philosophy of the world legitimately i feel like could be a green day song weirdly like i'm having two instincts here my first instinct is i want uh like kind of like mid-2000s chris cornell to tackle one of these songs uh rest in peace uh my other instinct is i want like a ben harper to tackle one of these songs, like mm. do something kind of soulful, kind of moody, you know, there's like this childhood, like innocence thing going on here that I yeah. think would lend really well to some kind of very like emotionally soulful kind of treatment. But then also there's like a garage rock angle to it that I think, a, yeah. you know, like a mid 2000s yeah. Chris Cornell could could tackle very well. What do you, what are your instincts on that, Steve? My first when I was listening to this, I kind of just wanted to see this white striped. Yeah, well, that's obvious. Yeah, you you know, Jack White has spent you know weeks listening to the Shags over and over again. Like, how can I use this? How can I re you know, package this to be my thing, throw like an octave organ over this and make it my fuzzy <laughs> well, the thing nightmare. Is, is like, so again, like thinking about, you know, artists who I feel like are kind of where without, without looking into it, I just thought like, eh, this could be inspired. Um, Jack white, the Jack white slash white stripes track. Um, um, best friends or whatever it's called. Mm, that's on the sure. Napoleon dynamite, uh, intro. 
Um, yeah, and I, I bet if know, you, like, I, it's like there's some artists out there uh, uh, that deny their influences because they're so close to them that it's embarrassing. But I bet if you asked Jack White, like, hey, are you into the shags? And if he had ever listened to them, he'd be like, oh, hell yeah, you know I'm into the shags. Like I wrote this song around him or something like that. You know, like he, I think he would come clean as some sort of influence there. Because it's like it's not influence in the way of like, like, oh, these guys, this band was so great and their and you know their greatness inspired me to be great myself. It's the charmingness of it. It's the yeah. it's the raw personality of it. If you could take the personality of the Shags and inject it into any song, any genre, it will become infectious because this is objectively awful music. But because it has this personality, because it has this charming nature to it, it has somehow also become endearing to a lot of people, whether it just be them thinking they're making a joke, talking about it and listening to it and sharing it around and stuff like that to, you know, me sitting there listening to it and be like, there's something here. There's something to this that makes it interesting. And Mm, I think that's all you need sometimes is to be interesting. It doesn't have to be good, but there's something compelling about it. Right. Uh, So you said that you would go back and listen to this. You've listened to this before. And I have. I will listen listen to it again in the future. I have no plans to ever listen to this ever again. (laughs) If they came out, it, it might already be out there. If they came out with a, you know, a rarities, like, oh, we found the secret tapes. We found the secret recordings and we've come out with a thing. I'll listen to it. Like the stuff that, that, the that, stuff that might... wasn't good enough to make it to this album, I'll listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ween, that's a good choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you know Ween has probably listened to the Shags a bunch of times. Well, I'm sure a lot of people have listened to the Shags. It's just like, who's sitting there going like, oh, yeah, the Shags. Like, Yeah. I mean, there's got to be someone out there. There's uh, There's got to be a number of artists who every time they are like, they do something and they're like, oh, that's not quite right. They go, well, the shags exist. And, and you got to admit, too, the way they sound sounds exactly how they look on that album cover. <laughs> like, I don't know what that Weird means. Italian Japanese guitars. Someone sitting behind a two-piece drum kit with a hi-hat. It's a, th- it's a three-piece. Well, okay, with a two-piece. I don't. Sure. Do you count? Do you count cymbals as pieces? I count the big round hollow things know. as pieces. I think of a three-piece drum kit as a kick, a floor, and a snare, and then the cymbals you, know you don't might count. Be right. That's a two-piece because it's a floor and a snare. It might be one of those cocktail kits where the kick is underneath. No, it. you're right. Kick, kick, floor, tom. Actually, I don't even think you necessarily consider. The snare as part of a oh, interesting. Was one of the pieces. Huh. So that's a one-piece drum kit. Oh, this one says three-piece consi- consists of a bass drum, a snare drum, and one tom. So I don't know if you looked up any of the uh, the comments, Steve, but a bunch of people have been commenting about uh, some of the, the history of this band. Uh, uh, basically, the, the these were you know sisters, I think, or a group of yeah. girls, and their dad was the driving force behind the band. Um and he basically made them do it. And I don't know the rest of the story, but I know that little bit of it. So, so maybe... did they just like hand them guitar, like instruments, and were like, just play this with like no instruction? My, you know, listening to it, my impression is like, this is like, 
dad invested a bunch of money in recording gear. And it's like, hey, girls, come record an album, <laughs> write some songs, and we'll, you know, crank this out in a weekend. Uh, but anytime, you know, because of, you know, bands like the Jackson 5 and stuff like that, anytime you oh, hear yeah. about, like, a a father being, you know, the controlling force in a band, you think, like, oh, there's abuse happening here. But I don't think these girls are good enough to have an abusive father. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> Driving the band. I think this is Yikes. a more fun, lighthearted thing. It's the vibe I get from it. At least I hope. Jeez Appa- Louise. Apparently there's like a, a palm reader involved. So that goes back. Actually, Get Offset mentioned this. I'm assuming Get Offset is Emily. I'm just going to say Emily. If it's and- Andrew was like, when can I be on your show? I was like, I don't know. Come hang out with us the next time we record. Sure. Um, I was saying that... Uh, that a palm reader told the dad that your daughters will be famous musicians. And so he was like, gotta make that happen. Gotta, gotta put your full back into it. Well, you know what? She wasn't wrong or he wasn't wrong. The palm reader was right. They are famous here. We are talking about them. I don't know. Do you think they're like, I can't imagine they, they might be famous, but not in like the way that you want them to be. They're infamous, which is better than famous in a way. It depends if you like money or not. Fame has nothing to do with money. Lots of people are piss poor broke while being incredibly famous. That's true. So those are two completely different concepts. All right. You want to get into the next ad or do we have housekeeping? We do have housekeeping. We only have one and that is Paul Heimberg at the $5 level, the best friends level. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Thanks for contributing. I will get a little gift pack out to you soon. Uh, what did you? Th- uh, I, I threw a bunch of those uh, of those nine volt to plug adapters in that box for you, so you could throw them in as extra swag for people. Uh, what did you? Did do you think you'll get the rest of that box out soon? Because there's like a I, billion I hope things. So. In there. Here's all. Here's all I can tell you right now, Ryan. Here's all I can tell you, uh, guys. Go to Patreon.com/slash/CyclehumCast and and help us out if you want to contribute to the Patreon. Here's all I can tell you. Today is Thursday. And some people will say this is weak. You know, it is what it is. It is what um, it is. But today is Thursday. I started my work week on Monday, and I've worked uh, 43 hours this week. Wow. Um, so, I, you know, I will ship this stuff when I get a chance to ship it. You That's get it I'm when saying. you get it. You know, it's not going bad. It'll be just as fresh as when, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, hoping we're not, I'm hoping we're not Amazon. I'm hoping to get it done soon. It just matters. Maybe on maybe uh, if I can get a free couple hours. Yeah. Um. I'll smash through it. All right. This last ad was sent by. Oh, let me pull that up so you can see. <laughs> I'm pointing. There you go. Oh, I've got to Max take off the. Max Feeney. This the is a Keller Mustang. Banner. There's not a lot to say about the Keller Mustang. Except I don't think it's, it's even a Mustang. It's a 1960. I, I think it's a 1967 Music Master, Music Master Two. Uh, I yeah, just wrote Mustang. You, why did you put Mustang? I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> we've we've watched Ryan take four shots, but we don't. Yeah, I, know I made these notes drink. way early in the day when I didn't drink. So. Mm. Day drinking is, is a thing. Yeah, but anyway, I wasn't doing it today. A 19, 1967 Music Master and slapped a Caller 
uh, some kind of caller with a locking string tree on it. You know what? Callers, uh, like if you search for caller retrofit on on Google, you are guaranteed to see the most mangled guitars in the history of the world. Like it, they go hand in hand with mangled guitars. They just do. Yeah, yeah, and and it's all you know. These guitars, even now, are only like a thousand dollars. Yeah, the Music Masters. They're not. Um, they're not like collectible. Well, I want to say they're not collectible. They're collectible to like people who are really into offsets. Mm-hmm. But like right now, I could buy a pre CBS 1961 Music Master on uh, eBay mm-hmm. for twelve hundred dollars, twelve fifty plus shipping, and it doesn't have a humbucker in the neck, a locking no, like this nut, is like pr- or pristine. a collar hacked into it. This is pristine. Here's a 1960, one of the desert tan ones with the original case for 1800. You can share your screen if you want, Steve. I'm looking at my phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, I can share my screen. Yeah, if you that? ever want to do that, you can you can make that happen. That's, I'm not going to do it. I was looking at my phone. All right. I'm not going to make you guys watch me eBay around. Maybe I will. That would be a fun video to a certain extent. Um, yeah, if you want a music master, you probably want a pristine one. This might be viable as a project starter, but not for what do they want? 800 bucks or something like that. Yeah. 800 bucks. Oh, 900, 900. No, thank you, sir. Please. And thank you. Jeez. Uh, yeah, there might be a project here for someone who's looking for a music master neck. Or a woodworking project on a Music Master body, or they do legitimately love callers, and they think this is a compelling, uh, you know, piece of guitar. I will say that I've got you know my '90s Duo Sonic that I've all often thought of as a secret shredder guitar. So maybe there is that element here. Like my gut wants to say, like, oh, this came from an era when people were buying these guitars super cheap as instruments and but they were disappointed that they didn't have the shredder guitar that was in the magazines and so they made modifications instead of buying a kramer or something like that but maybe someone legitimately was like you know what this is my secret shredder and i want it to um reflect the style of music i'm playing with it so i'm going to put a caliber on there and i'm going to put a locking nut and it looks like there's a brass nut on it as well but then the rest, besides the neck humbucker, it looks like the rest is fairly stock. I don't know. I just can't imagine playing 900 bucks for this win for 300 bucks more. I could get a cherry. One. Yeah. Can, can you throw my screen up there? Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, let me take down mine and put up yours. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Bouncing over here real quick. If, if, you, you, wanted- if you shrink your screen down around the parts that are important, it'll make it look bigger. Like you, well, you shrink your browser window. Oh, you I'm sharing grab... the screen. I'm not sharing the browser. Oh, you're sharing your full. Oh, you're oh, okay. I see I'm what you're doing. I'm just doing full screen. So, you know, I'm, I'm cruising. I'm looking on eBay right now. Here's even like, if you want to do this with like a weird one, a squ- black music master Vista right here for two fifty. Uh, here's a 1978 music master for five forty five. Damn. Um, you know, now, not why quite would you as get... old. I bet you could buy parts and put together a much more legit one for about the same money. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot listings. of Music Master bases on here, parts. Here we go. Here's a beat up 66 with 30 autographs. I say it's beat up, but it's still like not as torn up as that thing. And it's signed by Darius Rucker, apparently. And how much is that one? This one is 900. Damn, I'd get that one. Just yeah, kind of. I mean, then, even the, the signatures look kind of cool on it in a decorative way. Like, here's a 62, basically in original condition. That might even be the original case. For like $1,000. Yeah. Yeah, screw the rest of that. So 78. So this is more, this is era wise. It's a bit closer. That thing looks sick. Yeah, that looks really nice. These are all, I'm looking at solds. This was $620 plus a hundred bucks shipping. Yeah, man, this is, uh, this is way, the price is wrong. <laughs> the price is wrong. Biatch. Is it okay for me to say that? Now you got to mark it. No, we got to mark it as an E now. E. <laughs> no five-year-olds can listen to this. I don't know, man. I don't. Sorry, have much five else to years say old. So, sorry, five-year-olds. <laughs> well, dude, you want to tell us about uh, the song, and we can get out of here. Let's talk about this week's song. It's so sent by Alexander. Mon? Well, we're not going to get out of here. We're going to hang out extra long with people in the chat yeah, yeah. and do our extra long thing, you know. So tell me about that song. He says, hey, Stephen Ryan, I play guitar for an emo-ish shoegaze band called Severed Promises. Our latest EP kind of reaches out at a few genres while still having a shoegaze undertone. I use a Squire Mustang bullet that I bought because of Ryan's review on it years ago. Speaking Damn. of podcast highlights, um, I was telling someone today... That every time you do an affordable video, something sells out on Amazon. <laughs> and if well, it doesn't, if it doesn't sell out, like the price skyrockets, or at least goes up like five bucks. Yeah, but every time the, the thing that sells out is some sort of really weird kinky sex toy. <laughs> every time I do an affordable, they sell out of uh, strawberry scented lube. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it is the tequila type. I run into a large pedal board and make a ton of noise between songs, but I use a Big Muff Neo Clone and Holy Grail at all times. My guitarist Nico uses a Fender Jazzmaster while using the same wet pedals, but OCD and Big Box rack for his drive. Sit down. I hope you guys enjoy. My personal favorite is Exhausted, so we're going to play the song Exhausted uh, by this band, Severed Promises. I uh, hope you... Audio listeners enjoy it. I guess you live viewers right now are not going to hear it. You're out of luck. Go go check go Jibnam. <laughs> go Jibnam. Go check it out. Yeah, go, go check, check it, out. it out. All right, bye everyone. Check 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 check, check it out.